Today's scripture reading is from 2 Samuel chapter 18, verses 5 through 9, 15, and 31 through 33. The king ordered Joab and Abishai and Itay, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave orders to all the commanders concerning Absalom. So the army went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was fought in the forest of Ephraim. The men of Israel were defeated by the servants of David, and the slaughter there was great on that day, 20,000 men. The battle spread over the face of all the country, and the forest claimed more victims that day than the sword. Absalom happened to meet the servants of David. Absalom was riding on his mule, and the mule went under the thick branches of a great oak. His head caught fast in the oak, and he was left hanging between heaven and earth when the mule that was under him went on. And 10 young men, Joab's armor bearers, surrounded Absalom and struck him and killed him. Then the Cushite came and the Cushite said, good tidings for my Lord, the King. For the Lord has vindicated you this day, delivering you from the power of all who rose up against you. The King said to the Cushite, is it well with the young man of Absalom? The Cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise up to do you harm be like that young man. The king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said, O oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would I have died instead of you? O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Quick note this morning, um, this is not a blessing of the pets sermon, just didn't work out, so I'm so sorry about that. Um, but I want to give you a serious trigger warning actually this morning. Um, I cover a biblical story of violence and rape. Um, if that is distressing to you, please make a listening choice that is appropriate for you and for your family. Let us pray. Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. My dog might be ejected from the room. <laughs> she is going crazy, isn't she? Hmm, sorry about that. It's the plot of countless novels, the subject of heartbreaking poetry, the center of song after song. Betrayal. A friend who lies. A loved one who takes another's side. A confidant who shares your secret. Betrayal. Our scripture story today was a difficult one to consider this week. As I imagine that the idea of betrayal brings up memories for you, whether small or big, that stab you right in the center of your being. Much like the swords that stabbed Absalom. At first, it seems straightforward, this scripture story. Absalom, one of David's sons, has started a rebellion against the king. Even
even so, at the penultimate moment, David commands his troops not to harm Absalom. And everyone around hears. But everyone also knows that Absalom will not rest until his father is defeated and dead. Absalom's hatred seems to run deep. And so when Absalom is caught in a humiliating and vulnerable situation, he was riding along and his hair got caught in a tree and the mule just goes on. Some of David's men seize the opportunity to take Absalom or to take yeah, to take Absalom out. And unexpectedly to his court, David is overcome with grief. Oh, Absalom, oh, Absalom, my son, my son, would that I had died instead of you. Many commentaries um, on this regard King David as the benevolent but grieving righteous father who, though his son rebelled and committed sins against him, still grieves and shows this paternal forgiveness. Except that, why is Absalom so angry? In researching this scripture, I saw lots of descriptions of Absalom that while he had promise, he just didn't have the substance of character to be David's successor, that he was weak in his search for power, and that hunger drove him to ruin. But why was he so vindictive in the first place? In 2 Samuel chapter 13, we hear a tragic and terrible story. You would not think that this would be in the Bible, but it is. Amnon, one of David's sons, of which David has many, lusts after his half-sister Tamar. With calculated planning, Amnon lures her into his room and rapes her. This is especially demeaning and dishonoring because Tamar was a virgin, and this was a big deal at the time. In fact, as a daughter of the king, she wore special garments that indicated her as a virgin. She cries to Amnon to not do this, but he does not listen to her. And after the brutality, what the scriptures call Amnon's love, I will put that in quotes, Amnon's love for Tamar immediately turns to hate, and he banishes her from his rooms. Tamar, in despair, heaps ashes on her head and tears her robe. Her life is ruined. It also just so happens that Tamar is Absalom's full sister. So he brings the desolate Tamar to his home to live out her days. 
Now, the scriptures do say that David is furious at all of this, but it is also very clear that David does absolutely nothing to punish Amnon and absolutely nothing to care for his daughter, Tamar, brutalized, dishonored. It's Absalom that burns with anger. And two years later, after sitting on that anger, all of that time, orchestrates the death of Amnon. After that, Absalom does do everything he can to overthrow David. And we know how that all ends. But it also leaves me with the question... As we, throughout the summer, have been looking at the life of David, who is the betrayer in this story? Is it Absalom for fighting for the honor and care of his sister, even if it's vengeful? Is Amnon the betrayer for taking advantage of his half-sister? Is David the betrayer for doing nothing about any of it? Is David the betrayer for all of his breaks in character, not to mention his own adultery and rape, and continuing to nurture a cycle of power-grabbing and blame-shifting? How many times have we heard stories of someone getting even with someone else when that person that they got even with just tries to take revenge on that person and it goes around and around and around in a cycle. It's treacherous, this cycle of vengeance. And to get out of it, somebody has to break it. So maybe in addition to grieving his son, David was also grieving the complicity of his own behaviors in his family's actions. It is so heartbreaking. The story of David starts out so triumphant and hopeful, and here we are, needless violence, so much despair. And it began with David. So the grief that he shares goes deep and is so wrenching. A king who has vanquished his enemy, except that that enemy was his own son, his child. So what do we do when we realize that the ultimate betrayer in our own lives is actually ourselves? That we are the ones that hurt us the most with the lies that we tell ourselves, with the inability to face our deepest emotions and shortcomings, with the sabotage that we do on our own well-being. Frederick Buchner says that when David wishes that he had died instead of Absalom, he meant it, of course. If he could have done the boys dying for him, he would have. If he could have paid the price for the boys' betrayal of him, he would have paid it. 
If he could have given his own life to make the boy alive again, he would have given it. But even a king can't do things like that. And as later history was proved, was to prove, it takes a God. And the good news of this story is that there is absolutely nothing so bad, so heinous, so rebellious, so ugly that God cannot redeem us with grace and celebrate each of us as precious and beloved creations. And for that, I say amen. Amen.